What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN Prospect Profiles. I'm Jude, that's Ethan, and today we're going to be breaking down Eamon Thompson, mm. one of the Thompson twins, one of the two top prospects coming out of Overtime Elite. And one of the things that I was just thinking about you know, with them being from Overtime Elite, that I'm sure many of you have heard so many times on this channel throughout this season, if you've been a diehard SSPNer throughout the year, if you will. Uh, and that's that the Spurs are the only team to have a player from Overtime Elite, which is Dominic Barlow, of course. Uh, Y'all can go check out a deep dive that I did on him earlier in the year. That video's <laughs> steadily continued to climb in views, so mm. appreciate the support on that one. But, you know, that is something to think about whenever it comes to the smoke that has been coming out, Ethan, about the Spurs potentially being higher on both of these two twins than maybe a Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson. And as much as we like to give Dom, you know, the crap on this channel... It, it does line up with the fact that Brian Wright was the first person to take a shot on somebody from Overtime Elite. So it would make sense that he would be high on these two guys. Yeah, but specifically, Amen. <laughs> yes, specifically, Amen. And let's not disrespect Overtime Elite too much. Right. And my boy, Dominic Barlow, he, he got better. And he had that was a 20 no. and 20 game. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. So he showed glimpses. And obviously, he played very well in the G League. Uh, but just speaking about Eamon Thompson, I mean, what's not to like at this point? I mean, to me, he he has two obvious holes where the other prospects that we've covered don't necessarily have the obvious holes. They just have little yeah, things yeah, yeah. here and there that need to be More fixed. More all-around games, for sure. This guy, he has a lot of explosiveness. He can create for others. He can score around the rim. But the biggest flaw that everyone will talk about is his jump shot. I think he shot like 22% from three. 25. I think he may have bumped it up. Yeah, he may have bumped it up to 25 or so. Uh, but what impresses me is he shot 52% on all two-pointers. And in the playoffs, he averaged 17 points per game, seven mm -hmm. boards, and nine assists on one and a half steals a game. And in the regular season, he averaged 2.3 steals per game. So he also has that ability kind of like a Scoot Henderson to, to be that free safety type defender, hands in passing lanes, very quick reflexes, uh, can get out in transition, and that's where he's most effective is in the full court where at 6'7", 200 pounds with a 6'9", wingspan, he can finish with an explosive array of athleticism. He can, he can dunk, obviously. Like If you, walk, if you watch Eamon Thompson highlights, 95% of them are going to be fast-break dunks or coming down the lane, hop-step, off two feet, and just throwing it down over the help defender. Because th that first guy has no chance, Jude. Coming off pick-and-rolls, he's so quick. He has an amazing first step, and he can take off from – in basically one foot inside the free throw line, he's going to dunk on somebody. It's kind of like John Morant bounce, where it's almost like he's gliding. It's so effortless. Uh, but obviously, again, wh where you kind of have the holes in his game is he doesn't really have a pull-up jump shot coming off of screens um, like Brandon Miller has. He's not a spot-up shooter. He can't really you know, make his own jump shot off the dribble and take one uh, from three, like a step-back three like a Brandon Miller. Um, and even a Scoot Henderson, to an extent, has an in-between game where he can hit floaters um, and, and, you know, off the glass, you know, finishes like that, turnaround jumpers. This guy doesn't really have that right now. Uh, he's clearly working on it. He has a good good handle on the ball. Sometimes it can be inconsistent. But I think that's just with his age and kind of playing that point guard role. But I'm fine with that because he is playing that point guard role at 6'7 and has shown so many so many. So highlights and glimpses of being a, a, a an amazing playmaker. 
he can find his guys in creative ways and makes the right pass. Sometimes it's the hockey assist. It doesn't always have to be the assist. And he's so athletic that he had, there's one highlight in particular, and you can look this up, where he's driving left, jumps, turns completely a 360 in the air, and one hand baseball passes it to the opposite corner, the right corner. And it's just a, a dime three-pointer that goes in. So it's those moments where it's almost like Luka Doncic-esque. Like how did he see that play coming off of a pick and roll that makes him so so hyped as a top three, top five pick? Yeah, Ethan, I mean, you, you covered so much there, and all of it, I think, was right on the money. I'll just dive into some of my notes that I have here, too. Uh, the first thing I wrote down is speed is crazy. Because, mm. like you said, that was the first thing you led with. When it comes to him off the dribble, like you said, it, it's going to demand two people because he's just so quick. And, well, I want to stop myself here because I think there's something that we need to address before we kind of get into all of this. And that's just like the, the competition level of overtime elite. It's true. Um, because that's something that, you know, you don't want to just like, because if you watch these highlights and you see how amazing he looks, it's like, oh, well, he looks like a number one pick, you know. And and obviously there were some struggles, like you mentioned, the shooting that we'll get into. But but just want to address overtime elite and, and its competition level, if you will, um, you know, made up of a lot of different top prospects it's three and four star guys like at the worst um that just you know said hey like why would i i'm gonna go i'm trying to go one and done anyway so and, and some of them did sign two-year deals like the thompson twins similar mm -hmm. to scoot uh and london johnson uh for the g league ignite um but the point is is that it's still while it's maybe i would say it's still a little bit lower than maybe like the top tier like power five high school level or not high school excuse me power five colleges uh in the ncaa but i would still say that it is a high level of competition um and and still like i said i would say that it's better than maybe like i mean i don't know some of the mid-major conferences are pretty good still but i would say it's on par with like those i would still say it's like uh, you're it would be d1 athletes so they're still matching up with people who are solid prospects and would have been you know their top tier basketball players in the u.s mm -hmm. they've actually even got some foreign guys in there too that they yeah. picked up um so while it may not be like i said it may not be the you know <laughs> just the greatest level of competition it's not the g league uh it's still not horrible so like what they're doing they're still doing this against talented kids and kids who would have been on d1 rosters probably power five rosters as well but Getting back into just Eamon Thompson and his skill set offensively, now that we've addressed that, is still, when you see him fly in transition, you know, you mentioned how it's similar to Jaw, the way that he glides at the rim, but like, I mean, it's like he's flying almost in yeah. transition with how fast he is. Um, the, the next thing I wrote down was seems like a problem off the bounce. And that's just, it ties into exactly what you said. It's like, that poor person that's going to be having to guard him, like if he can just get a little bit of outside leverage where he's on like the left or right of them off the dribble, he's going to go past him. And that's going to cause them to have to draw two. You know, we were talking about this in the Scoot Henderson video. That's the big problem with Trey Jones right now when it comes to the Spurs offense is when he penetrates, he can't draw two. Eamon would do that almost, it feels like, I don't want to, you know, overestimate here, but it feels like it would translate pretty quick because that speed is just ridiculous. And I mean, this is like, and I know we've said Blake Wesley's fast, so I don't want to, you know, sit here and seem kind of like a contradiction, but I would say that, that Eamon is on a different level. And, and I don't want to also repeat the same things that we said in the Scoot Henderson video, Ethan, but when I'm thinking about his fit with the Spurs here, 
I mean, his penetration ability and his ability to beat people off the dribble would, I mean, clear up so much space on the floor. And what I was specifically thinking is if you want to just clear up all spacing issues, run an Eamon Thompson, Jeremy Sohan pick and roll. And then mm-hmm. you've got Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, and Zach Collins, you know, all above average three-point shooters that can just space the floor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second, just for Please the sake do. of doing it. Um, the difference between him and Scoot, Scoot is a much better ball handler. Uh, like I said, the in-between game, in my eyes, a little, a yeah. little less loose with the ball. Um, and I was obviously super, super strong. I'm not saying that Eamon can't put that right. kind of size on, but it, but he is also a similar finisher as far as being a contortionist at the rim. He can really mm-hmm. bend his body around and finish with either hand um, in a variety of ways. The thing that scares me the most, Jude, is we've seen really athletic guys, guard slash wing players come into the league and on the Spurs, and they haven't had that same flash in a sense, like Who's Lonnie Walker, Lonnie okay. Walker, perfect example. Obviously, Lonnie was an 18th overall pick. They didn't have nearly as much upside. He's only six four, not as long, um, not as not as great of a playmaker. Uh, but offensively, as far as what they had coming into the game, really athletic, great finishers, great in the transition game. And then we're like, oh, little inconsistent jump shot, but he'll get there. And it never came. Like it was, it was inconsistent mm-hmm. for up until this right, point. Right, right. So it's that's the fear. <laughs> yeah, but the difference in my eyes between that and Eamon Thompson, Eamon to me, it, it looked like on film has has the ability to be an otherworldly passer if he works on it. At six seven, he can really play the point guard position. He's not a wing, a traditional wing. Yeah, for sure. His brother is is more of a wing, which we'll get into in the next prospect profile. But uh, another thing I just want to touch on that you mentioned, and I do want to agree, Scoot is definitely stronger than him. He's not going to have the same strength that Scoot does. But both of the twins, they're pretty strong. And both of them, like he's listed at 209. I think Asar is at like two, it might be 217, but it may be just 210. But they're around there. Like they've got some some muscle on them. They're not... Um, while they may be, they may look a little bit thinner because they're six seven. They're definitely stout. Like he's two hundred and ten pounds. Like he's coming mm-hmm. in like bigger than Devin was. You know, just for yeah, perspective. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I'm like almost by like twenty pounds. You know, and that's why he's able to dunk on people in so many of these highlights, like brutally. Yeah. Like the one, of course, it's an overtime clip because it's overtime elite. The one that you know was floating around in the fall that I sent you that just opens up with like this crazy poster, you know, on somebody. Yeah. And there's so many of those. And and just to talk a little bit about his finishing ability uh, on the interior, um, you know, he has hop steps, spin moves crossovers pump fakes step backs like so much different stuff where like and and that's where you know that's why i wanted to address at the beginning of this the level of play because a lot of times in the paint when he's driving against you know these other overtime elite players he's just toying with them i mean Mm -hmm. he's making it look easy he's he's you know i mean it's like he's playing 2k and you know pumping a pass fake and then you know, going up with the layup, you know, like in the restricted area. I mean, he's not there for three seconds, but you'll get what I'm saying, like right under the basket. And and it's just stuff that, you know, is like video game like when, when you're watching his highlights inside. Um, you know, he can finish in traffic and in contact. There's a lot of that on the tape. Uh, he has that start stop speed. That's mm-hmm. another thing, too. You know, I mentioned that with Brandon Miller. I mean, it's way more even prevalent in his game. And a lot of that has to do with him having that elite speed. Um, 
And I liked what you mentioned, though, about his handles. I think he's got really good handles, but he does lose the ball from time to time. That You were mentioning that when you were talking, comparing him mm-hmm. to Scoot. So I think that that's just a good, like, something he could work on there. But still, like, has the potential to, like, really be, like, you know, like, Iverson-like dribble moves. Yeah. Um, he's a flashy passer, like you said. You, you said he has the potential to be otherworldly, and I get what you're saying because the way that he can contort himself when it comes to his passes – you know, driving to the rim. Um, it's, I mean, it's stuff that, I mean, we haven't even seen just to be, and, and I know that once again, that's against overtime elite competition, but that's what's on the tape. I mean, it, it's really impressive stuff. Like regardless of the level of competition, just the fact that he was able to do the type of stuff, like make the type of passes that he can make while he's driving, um, you know, on top of some of the finishes that he has, you know, all of that is very hard to overlook. Um, I mean, he's got no looks, dump offs, lobs, you know, lobs from cross court. Like you said, one handed passes, midair, cross court to corner. It sees the floor really well, has really good court vision. Um, he can create in traffic and weave passes through the defense. That's the other thing. Yeah, I saw one, with his playmaking highlights, the way that he was able to like, it would be like there'd be three players in there and it'd be like, that's not a pass that anybody would make, but he just zips it in between to the corner or, you know, an open shooter on the wing. So that was really impressive too. And I think that has to do with his ball speed while he's passing. And if you're able to like zip passes off one hand, you know, um, that, that's a little bit of a testament almost to his strength as well. You know, yeah, because I mean, bit. you got to be in the weight room to to make because pa- if those passes aren't as fast, they're going to get tipped in those passing lanes. Um, and we can talk about his defense a little bit here in a second. But but just talking about all of that, you know, we mentioned Ja a little bit and I know we mentioned him with Scoot. So I don't want to sound like we're completely repeating ourselves, but I think a really good comparison, Ethan, mm-hmm. Shea Gilgis Alexander without a jump shot. Mm-hmm. Like that, I, I put Ja and Shea. Like that's a mix, obviously, but but a lot of like when it comes to the passing ability yeah. and his defensive ability, it's so similar to Shea. I know obviously Shea is a much better shooter than him, but when it comes to just their playmaking and their defense, there's a lot of similarities. That's very fair in those two aspects. I, I've been trying to figure out of a. Um, it's also because they're both size. six 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 seven. That that's another reason why I have that comparison. I feel like Amen is just way more explosive. Like Shea is, is really skilled true. offensively, but um, Amen he's is much just, more of a shooter. Yeah, much more of a shooter. He's got great footwork. He can, he can score at all three levels, but mm-hmm. he's not jumping from the free throw line, right? Throwing on top of somebody. So it's sure. it's kind of hard to find a comp. You know, you know this this one just came to mind, and people are going to give us crap for it in the comments. Section. Okay, I can already see it, and I I hate <laughs> even saying it, but okay. offensively, just how how cat quick he is and how athletic he is reminds me of a young college aged so no one jump on me michael jordan because michael was really just a a a transition athletic monster in college he really didn't have a jump shot he really he wasn't good playmaking back when he might know more than i do about him in north carolina but in north carolina back while he was playing with elgin baylor and i know that also just to clarify for you ethan because i know people People are probably thinking this. Uh, you do not mean that he's going to be Michael Jordan. You're, no. you're just saying that, that like, I, I, I kind of, I see what you mean as in, like, he, he was very bouncy and was much, you know, uh, most of his scoring was in the paint. 
Ja- I meant to say James Worthy, by the way. He, Michael Jordan yeah. did not play with the 60s forward Elgin Baylor. He played with James <laughs> Worthy. Excuse me for saying that. Look, um, 2K, 2K mixes up the years. I get those two swapped all the time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But do you want to uh, – well, I guess we talked about his passing. We haven't really talked about his defense. Yeah. Tell, me, tell me your takeaways on his defense, Ethan. He plays with a high motor. Um, I remember you were talking about Scoot. You said occasionally he might give up on a play if he's beat, which is like the difference between him and a lockdown defender like a Gary Payton. Um, right. But I see, I still see that kind of free safety roaming in the passing lanes ability because he's got that, that six nine wingspan. Yeah, but he also doesn't give up. Like I, I don't think he gives up nearly as often as Scoot because he mm-hmm. has the athleticism and length to close when he's beaten. Kind of like remember we were talking about Vic. Wimbanyama, how he got beat, and he was still able to turn around and block the pin the shot off yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. backboard. Eamon has that kind of similarity. The difference is obviously Victor's seven foot four, um, and yeah. Eamon's six seven. But but he has that. But that still, at the point guard desire. position that gives yeah. him the ability to close out, you know, um, more than other point guards. And I think he feeds off of getting those steals because, like I said, offensively, his biggest strength is getting in transition. If he can get out in transition and get an easy dunk, you know that's where he gets a majority of his points. So it feels like to me that's like step A, lock him up, get the ball back, <laughs> and step B is score on the other end. Right, right. No, I mean it, when you like I said two two three, two steals a game, um, yeah. and those the, the transition opportunities that he created worked very well for his play style. And yes. last year when he was playing with both him and his brother who have similar play styles. So there were a lot of different fast breaks because I'm pretty sure they didn't play together this year. Um, but last year they were on the same team. And mm. those highlights, like with both of them throwing lobs to each other, I mean, they they love to play in transition for sure. Um, just some of the notes that I wrote down. Uh, obviously, he's longer and taller than than most point guards. Uh, and, and that's where I would say the Shea Gilgis comparison definitely yeah, yeah. is is more on the defensive end for sure. And and that comes to when he can pick people's pockets. Um, just like Shea can with that length, um, that's something that's super annoying uh, for whoever he's guarding. Um, he can be annoying in double teams too. Uh, and that's he, he causes a lot of steals there. Obviously, the hands in the passing lanes, um, and, and that kind of ties into what you were saying, that free safety defender. He definitely he can see the floor really well on defense. And he has his eye. Like, obviously, sometimes you got to be locked to your guy, just be focused on your man, even in rotations and movement or whatever. But whenever the opportunity is there for him to have his eye on the ball, he gets his eye on it. And that's how he's able to get so many of these steals um, in, in the passing lanes. When you're watching the tape, there, there are some pit pockets, like I said, where he can, you know, uses his length like Shea does. But the majority of his steals come you know, just straight up in passing lanes, like where yeah. people are, maybe it's a, like a little bit of a rainbow pass. I mentioned that with Scoot, uh, on the last prospect profile we did with him. I, I saw that with Eamon a couple times too, where he would read those. But a lot of times it's like, people are just passing and out of nowhere, he'll just pop out of the tape and it's like, Oh, he has the ball. And now he's scored like, yep. <laughs> because yep. he's that fast. So, um, I love his instincts and I love the way that he, can read passes and you know that makes sense because he's a point guard on the offensive side of the ball so the fact that it would make sense that he'd be able to you know read the fact that those instincts translate to the defensive end where it seems like he can read other point guards pretty well in the passing lanes is 
you know, we're talking about all this, Ethan, and what does this sound like? Something the Spurs would love. They love people who who try hard on defense. And you mentioned specifically their plays where Scoot just will give up. And it seems like on the tape, at least, he gives up a lot less, saw a lot of chase down blocks, you know, blocks from behind, trailing steals and blocks as well. Um, maybe that's, you know, like we'll see the legitimacy of all that smoke <laughs> come draft time, right? Mm. Because it is in April. That's another thing that we got to remember. And people, you know, a lot of it is just clickbait because people can make money off that, those type of headlines. Um, but if that is the case, you know, the argument for it would be defense. Defense. That's where it would start when it comes to what the Spurs like, you know. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Anything else on his defense or, or kind of your thoughts on that? Give me your thoughts on that whole conundrum, Ethan. What do, what do you think of all of the potential Spurs news, you know, on them potentially liking the Thompson twins, you know, after Wembenyama? It doesn't surprise me at all because of everything that you just said defensively. And he's six foot seven. They both are six foot seven. And as far as Amon's concerned, has the potential, like we've been saying, to be an incredible passer. Um, as much as I love Scoot Henderson, he's only 6'2". Maybe they think he's closer to being a finished product than Eamon is. That's also you know, a possible thing. But at the same time, Scoot's been playing against better competition. Right. He's been very consistent, and he's, he's very fine-tuned. Or not very fine-tuned. He has more skills in his arsenal at this point in time, and he's only going to get better at those skills as far as finishing in between, um, being less turnover-prone, um, you know, being a, a better gym, jump shooter. So there's all that to take into account as well. But, you know, the, the Spurs always surprise us, man. It never seems to, like, so go one way or the other. Like, it's never like, okay, they're always going to pick this lane. It's like they go back and forth. So I wouldn't be surprised. If we slip to three, I could see us picking Eamon for sure. Because mm-hmm. at that point, it's either going to be Brandon or Scoot, like one or the other. At two, well, even then, I don't even, I just kind of ruined my argument. I don't know. I don't know. To, to be honest with you, Jude, I really don't know who we would end up picking because they all have their their warrants, you know, and and their flaws. Um, well, you you know. answered my question, though, Ethan. I was just asking what you thought of kind of like, you know, potentially the Spurs viewing the Thompson twins higher yeah. than a Brandon Miller or a Scoot Henderson. And you were talking about playmaking and defense. And yeah. when really, when you think about, and then obviously you've got the finishing ability too. And the Spurs have fixed so many jump shots too. Like, they're probably like, what? A, well, he'll be fine. Like, and they probably think about it. Look, if they could get it to where Trey is right now, with Eamon Thompson's finishing ability, like, he, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, that's really I, I all do. he needs to, th- that's all he needs to be. And that's another thing. We can finish off with this. And I'm not trying to come on here and defend his shooting, but like Scoot was at 27%. He's at 25%. Yeah. There's really not that big of a gap other than the fact that I would say there's a big gap. I would say there's a significant gap in competition. I do yeah. want to say that. that That's key. But I mean, it, it like on tape, the catch and shoot wasn't terrible. I mean, like if he's wide open, it's not like it's, it, it's not the prettiest looking shot, but it yeah, also so it's, it's the mechanics that make it yes. weird. But it also still, like, is at a better place? I would still say it's at a better, like, starting point than Sohan. What do you think? Am I am I crazy there? That's not crazy. The thing that throws yeah. him off, I think, for <laughs> most people, including me, is his feet. His feet are kind of at a weird spot. He has, like, his right foot, like, two steps in front of his left foot. He and needs he kinda, to make, like, go ahead, sorry. He, he kind of shoots like Drew Eubanks. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you know? no. I, I, like, it's weird because his shot, like, it isn't. 
the way that I would describe it is it needs like two, like, like you said on the footwork, it needs like a little tweaks. And then with like where his elbow is and like how yeah. it comes, like the release point that needs to be tweaked. And then like, if those two things are tweaked, it'd be a pretty good form. Like, but those two things are just like a little off and it makes it look just like the release really awkward. That's the only way I can describe if they, it. If they could make it just like pull it back to Tyrese Halliburton ish. Because like they kind of all like Tyrese is a weird jump shot too, but it goes right. in forty percent of the time. Mm-hmm. So just kind of pull it back to that point, and then we're golden. <laughs> oh my gosh! Any final thoughts on Eamon Thompson here, Ethan? If things work out for Eamon, then we are one step closer to being the nice Grizzlies because we would literally have a super <laughs> athletic playmaking point guard with a Jones backup point guard. <laughs> This is the other version of the nice yes. Grizzlies. There's two, <laughs> there two are versions. two options, two versions, and it's with Eamon <laughs> or it's with Scoot. Oh my gosh. Um, I, I guess if I have any final thoughts on Eamon, I would say that after watching the highlights, I if that smoke is real, I can understand the thought process. I can see how if you know if this really does translate, like how the yeah. potential could could be higher than than a scoot just because of the fact that he's like six seven like straight up the frame um and another thing that also i want to mention before we left i was looking up their high school recruiting profiles him and a sir uh before we we got on and did this episode and i was just looking at okay like what were their other options and i mean they they were going to be that if they weren't playing in overtime elite i mean they had offers from your your cream of the cop crop they had alabama that maybe they could have been with brandon miller um they had kansas they had lsu they had i mean i'm forgetting the point is if you've got alabama and kansas i think you get what i'm saying like you basically they had they could have gone wherever they wanted to and played big power five ball i think probably at the end of the day what it came down to them was okay there's some nba coaches here at overtime elite we can play our senior year of high school here which will still be a higher level of competition than high school and then have play you know play our freshman year of college there and get paid instead of just doing one and done and having to go to class and stuff like and that's what a lot of people are doing now like we saw the um the texas commit recently who's a five-star point guard just ended up deciding to go to the nbl like rj hampton and 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 lamello ball but i think that's a key comparison there like, you know, like you can go, you can go to the way. NBL, but and not to say it seems like RJ Hampton's actually coming along a little bit more, but he's very much going to be like a role player like yeah. at best. You know what I mean? Where sure. Lamelo will be a star, but it's like that's, you know, maybe where it doesn't work out for these type of leagues. But I really I, I feel high on Eamon Thompson um, and. I can see if that is the case, if that article, all those articles are real and Brian Wright really does see those guys, you know, um, ahead of Scoot um, and Brandon Miller. I I can see the thought process. That's what I can say after watching the tape. Very fair. All righty, y'all. Well, thanks for hanging out with us once more for this edition of SSPN Prospect Profiles. If you enjoyed today's content, don't forget to hit the like button below and hit that subscribe button. We're on the road to a thousand. We appreciate y'all with all the support as of late. And if you want to stay updated with the show, follow us on Twitter. You can watch all the live stuff at SSPN on YT if you want to there. And to stay updated with all of these episodes, you can follow us at Jude McLaren and at Ethan underscore Quintero. Thanks for watching, y'all. We'll see you guys in the next one. Catch y'all later. I put this on a little early. Go Spurs go. We'll see y'all.